Unfiltered Free Range American Podcast, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Trev, dude, how are you? Great. Welcome to Free Range American. <laughs> so check so this out. So glad to be here. So check this out. Uh, Robinson, no, Robison, Robison, Robson, Robson. There we go. You'll get it. Yeah. Eventually, I'll learn how to read. (laughs) North Carolina precincts where Native Americans are the majority of voters. In 2012, Obama received 59.4% of the vote and Romney received 392 2020, 69.1% of the vote went to Trump. What? 30.1% went to Biden. Things I was not expecting this here. Yeah. So things I would not have predicted in this election. Um, well, the election's not even over. So they're not even done counting. There's some very slow counting continuing. Yeah. Well, so I, I saw something this, this morning. I think it was on the Associated Press. Oh, great. That, that essentially great organization. was like, no, no, no. It was just the headline was hilarious. It was something to the, the ilk of, you were all wrong. <laughs> all of the predictions are incorrect. Nothing is going as anybody thought anything would. No, which everybody said this was the year that polling was going to be off, right? Everybody said this was the year polling was going to be fucked up because of COVID. Yeah. Um, because of voter suppression. Yeah. I, you know, there's so many different things going on in this country that are just like really, I am not optimistic anymore. I'm just not like, I'm an optimist. I think I'm so fucking burnt out with politics at this point. Politicians. Politicians. Politics are fine. Politics have been around since mm. ancient Greece and it's been right. fine. Politicians that are professionals. I mean, a friend of mine clued me in yesterday. Washington warned the the country about a two party system. Right. This is what we're seeing. Our our the problem with and we were talking. Tom Davin and I were talking about this earlier. So the 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 Democrats, the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party. I'm, I'm just going to start calling them the Democrat Party. Right. They're banking on a few things that I'm so directly contrary to. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the life of me, I can't figure these things out for a person to be a Democrat and to, to vote Democrat, which is number one, the free or government education system. One, I think that the education system in America right now, like, like K through 12, is really fucking broken. Yeah. Uh, I think you have these large-scale um, American, essentially uh, unionized organizations that directly benefit from a government Paycheck, obviously. Yeah. Uh, They're teaching our children, you know, as a guy that has two little girls, 
they're teaching our children to be factory workers. So yeah, you go to school. They're educating them enough mm-hmm. not to ask questions, but enough to function in the society that we exist in. That's it. That's as far as they want to take it. They're not, and and they're they're teaching them to be conform. They're teaching them to conform into a system of indoctrination Mm -hmm. where you, as an individual, in order to succeed within the education system, you have to sit, read, and regurgitate information on command. To me, that's not. You can come on in. To me, that's not education. I want critical thinkers. When I think yeah. about my girls, and I think about the type of education that they need to be receiving. I want them to be inspired to learn. I want them to be excited to learn. I want them to, to really learn how to learn. Now, granted, I also don't think that it's the government's responsibility to teach my children how to learn. No, and it hasn't been up until, what, the Industrial Revolution? Yeah. All of a sudden, it became the government's responsibility to create members of the society. Not just people that want to learn or that are educated. Like They just decided, all right, now that we have factories, we need to make factory workers. I think that's what... <clears throat> I, I'm not saying it was that linear. No, I think I think that there was a coherent choice yeah. for a templated system that said we need kids to sit down, we need them to obey <laughs> because they're also teaching obedience, right? Yes. Sit down, be quiet, obey for this amount of time. When the bell rings, get up, obey, sit back down. And do it again. To me, the system of indoctrination and that is, that's not the way human beings have evolved. Not in the least. No, it's directly contrary to evolution. And it's directly contrary to the way that human beings learn. Well, we don't learn such singular, stagnated, and single lane type of information, right? I right. mean, I, I don't recall exactly where I read it, but I hunter-gatherers, even now, they say that most of them have so much information in their heads about local plants and animals and seasonality that it would be hard to cram that into an entire person's lifetime, right? You know, you're talking that right. people could be 12, 13 years old, but that they make their entire life out of something that they have to learn about what's around them. Okay, I'm not expecting people to become an herbologist mm-hmm. and understand all that sort of shit unless that's something you want. But <laughs> the classical liberal education creates members of a society that function inside that factory mm-hmm. sort of world. And that's it. You excel. You, you don't create... Right. You don't create critical thinkers. You don't create imaginative people. You don't create... Actual progressives. No. Right? Because the key to that sort of thing is allowing people 
to think for themselves and actually question, you know, to really do the Socratic method, not the re-education method. Well, it's interesting. I think where you might have read that was in Sapien. Probably. Because remember at the beginning of the book, they were Mm -hmm. talking about the Aborigines and their brain development. Yeah. And they were doing a direct comparison to, uh, actually, I don't know if it's Aborigines, the Papua New Guinea hunter-gatherer brain development in the tribal circumstance. Sounds right. uh, V, the Western child development that is essentially you're going to school for X amount of hours and then you're at home watching TV for X amount of hours, you go to bed. And there was a direct comparison to the brain activity in one group versus the other in the, the tribal brain activity because of the aspects of the, the uh, childhood development in the tribe. So they were always being cared for throughout the tribe by multiple different uh-huh. people. They had to, learn multiple skills that they directly contributed to the tribe through play that were applicable. So, you know, throwing different items, Mm -hmm. they were directly attributable to survival. Uh, And play is is one of the foundations of of learning in all mammals, by the way. So how we as a society haven't incorporated play into childhood development the way that we should have is is ultimately it's a failure on Western civilization to truly understand how people develop. And And I really believe... And to capitalize. Yeah. We could have capitalized on it. I believe that this is why we have so many different kids that are not conforming to the education environment and then they have to sedate them. You have to ramp yeah. them up with speed and sedate them because they won't conform. And then ultimately what you're doing is you have, you're, you're filling them up with toxins. You've got sugar and carbohydrate and all these different things that you're filling them full of. And then you want them to sit at a desk for extended periods of time and apply acute measures of attention to things that are inherently just rote memorization. They're fucking boring. And that's not what gets people to learn. And I think we're not built for that. Humans aren't built for it. And I believe it was uh, Saladino put something out recently. He's like, man, you know, the biggest failure with education and the, the biggest problem that we have with people right now in society is we're trying to teach people or rewire something that is a 21st century human, right? just because you live here, that's purely happenstance. But your hardware and software is a million years old. Right. Yeah, it's like trying to get a computer. You're trying to get an actual floppy disk. Yeah, it's it's like trying to use a computer to cut a block of wood. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's probably a bad analogy. But I'm so disappointed, I think. (laughs) My thoughts in this are, I'm so disappointed in... I guess Americans and our ability to critically think and problem solve and understand that, you know, as a collective, when we apply our tax dollars and our energy to solve problems, we're being directly manipulated. We are on a daily basis. And it's the end, the, the end goal being to convince people that 
quality of goods that you own equals quality of life. That's a fucking lie. Exactly. As we know, it is a lie. And the faster people understand that, you know, Fight Club should be a manifesto. Yeah. To a call for action in the sense of we are being manipulated by a two-party system, which I think was ultimately built on on corporatism. And now it's being exploited by large tech because mm-hmm. they understand the system. Oh, yeah. So people talk about big tech and the tech <clears throat> oligarchs. What scares me about this is that we we as a society don't have the critical thinking skills in order to make a collective decision that ultimately applies more freedom to our society. We're directly trying to take things from one another. Well, and because that group of people, left, right, center, but all in that that area that control. I don't think they control. They're not sitting in board meetings deciding the fate of the universe. Right. They're not nearly that bright, I think. I think no. they're, they're far more base than people want to give them credit for, like to allow the conspiracy theory type of thing running rampant. But what what people are being fed is that big bad boogeyman, red, red or blue, is coming with their tidal wave of monstrosities, right? <clears throat> right. When none of us are looking and what's really going on is it's just a river that's slowly changing course because there's some beavers that are putting some dams in. That's really what's going on. Right. They're changing an entire ecosystem until that's the only thing that can function in that ecosystem. There's, there's no tidal wave. There's no great flood. There's no red wave, blue wave. No, no, no. It's, there's a group of people that as a whole make up one large body that are pushing this river that we're stuck on. Yeah, I think it's about, I do think it's about control. Yeah. And it's one, it doesn't matter the population, right? What I think Americans need to come to this realization is that any section of the population that tries to control the other section of the population, you're fucking wrong. Like, I don't want... If you don't know that person, <laughs> you shouldn't control them. And by that, I mean people... God, I, I was telling somebody, I'm like, you know, I'm real glad that this has gone the way it's gone. For me, pers- this is me personally. Right. And I'm talking about this last election cycle. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people that are real assholes and are real damn mean on both sides, right? That are screaming for hatred. They're really fucking angry. it it tells me just how sad your perspective on life is and how shallow because you're angry at people you've never met for voting for somebody they've never met because you're voting for somebody you've never met. Fuck you. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Take a step back. You know, and and it's purely about control, right? People should be very concerned about their local governments and local ecosystem, right? <clears throat> even in a communist country, I guarantee you, even in like the deepest, darkest places in Venezuela, there are villages that are doing just fine. You know why? Because they're focused on their damn local government. They're, they're local people, right? right? You know, grandpa down the street. That's what I'm talking about, government. 
how humans used to govern themselves. Well, I think that that's the difference. I think that's the difference between what's happening right now. This is a fight, right? It's mm-hmm. a it's, it's a cultural war, and it's not about woke or progressivism or you know pronouns or what gender uses what bathroom. What this is about yeah. is this is a fight for control. And there's a section of our population that I think I belong to, which is I don't want the government to tell me what is what I can or can't do to a certain degree. As long as I'm not hurting somebody else, I want to be able to raise and educate my children the way that I want to raise and educate my children. I want my neighbors to do that too. Yeah, and it's not even a victimless crime. It's a victimless non-crime. It's not like, a crime. Good God. Yeah, when when did this become a problem? I don't know. And I think that that's where it does start to infuriate me when I hear my neighbors talk about, well, I will, you know, the obvious one, right, is, is, is the assault weapons buyback, right? Or the call the weapons of war buyback, right? And I, I had this conversation not too long ago and I have this conversation on a regular basis. The confiscation. Confiscation. It's government confiscation from a law-abiding citizen. Statistically, the people that own legal firearms are the lowest, statistically, the lowest perpetrators of any violent crime in the United States. Mm-hmm. So what, what <clears throat> pisses me off about the the Democrats right now is they're decriminalizing actual crime. So actual crime that hurts people. That yeah. Yeah. That is Let's devastating businesses. Pedophilia. Yeah. Pedophilia. It hurts people. Forever. Uh, burning businesses, rioting, yeah. looting, violent crime. They're decriminalizing crime. Exactly. And then they're making criminals out of law-abiding citizens. Overnight. Overnight. By saying you're, you bought and legally own a firearm. But what they want is they want a national, essentially, criminalization plan. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. Out of the people that are statistically proven not to commit crimes, it's opposite day. In, it's crazy. From a guy that doesn't, I, I, I don't even fucking speed typically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pay my taxes. I don't fucking speed. I've got a beautiful family, a company that I love. And I also like to own firearms legally. I feel like, I feel like this is such a direct relationship between somebody that wants to take something from me for no fucking reason. And it does really piss me off. And it should. And it, we were warned, we being the United States, were warned about this a long time ago. I think, what was it? Um, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin said like, the slow erosion of freedoms yes. is what's going to happen. Yes. Hey, and the point you're making is the important one. Like these are things that are statistically impossible nearly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking rounding errors. And that's what people are, no, no, no. Like they just need to go away. Right. You know, fuck it. Yeah, sure. Let's just go full bar. No more freedom. 
You want you want to play that game? Like watch nineteen eighty four. Yeah, start you know or any of those films where they t- make you take a sedative. You have to be a, a a nice drone. Take your sedative. Go to work. Eat your goo. That's where a section of our society wants to take us. Yeah. And that section never has to take those things. Well, here's the, I was having this conversation with Tom Davin earlier, which is there's a section of our society and they live in a land of cartoon physics. Yeah. They think that big rocks landing on your head, just make you flat. And then you come back out of it. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a roadrunner and coyote scenario where the Green New Deal is a good example of this. And you have a bunch of smart people that are buying into this Green New Deal and you're saying, oh, this actually works. No, it doesn't work, actually. There's no way in any reality, the science, the technology does not work. And oh, by the way, the government is not the answer to these large solution or these large so-called problems. And when I say that, when we look at the petroleum, we'll just look at petroleum for instance, right? Petroleum in itself is not a bad material. And when I say that, we're closer to being able to get a hundred miles per gallon out of gasoline than we are getting a hundred kilowatt hours out of essentially a D cell battery. Or more than 50% in efficiency on a solar panel. Right. So (laughs) you've got one section of American society saying we have to just dump this technology that we've invested a hundred plus years into evolving the technology into getting the most, like the most power per ounce or fluid ounce out of, dump it. It's all gone. We have to rewrite it. It's like, okay, dum-dums. I, I, that's what I want everybody to be able to sit down in a class. And that's where I say the education system has failed us. Yeah. We've created people that are better at following directive and being sedated good drones that listen to their news networks that are propaganda machines. Stand on the line. Stand on the line. Why are your shoes different than theirs? Right. And that's where we're at, right? And it, it's being fed to kids as a way of saying, well, if... Let me backtrack. The end state is Gattaca, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what they want. Yep. And if you haven't seen the film, go watch the film. It's interesting. I had a science teacher point it out to me once. Um, But essentially, it's two versions of reality that are happening at the same time, only because one group was richer for longer. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the end state here. Right. We're looking at two classes of humans, one that work and do all the crap, literally pick up crap, and then one that don't. Okay. And I think what everyone doesn't quite see is that that's already here and that's multiple generations away. I mean, we're talking, this is like a grand game of chess. Right. People are at the top are looking at the future for their grandchildren's children. 
They couldn't give two fucks about you. And I mean, you, almost every listener. Yeah. Because they couldn't. Because it doesn't matter to them. Doesn't matter. Right? All of this stuff is a long chess game and humans are very good at looking right in front of their feet. And that's about it. Right? And that's why that middle needs to be loud. The silent majority needs to be louder about this kind of thing, about the education system, about educating at home your kids. And that my only hope in this is that that silent majority will become the loud majority eventually. Because it, when you look at the, the previous presidential election, regardless of whether or not you like Trump or you like Biden or you like um, Jorgensen or whomever it is, right? Yeah. Um, or the 60,000 of you that liked Kanye. Yeah, the 60,000 people like Kanye, whoever it is. The failure in this is that, let's just fucking call it as it is. A 70 plus year old man is not going to get a job running a fucking company in any major corporation in America. It is a for-profit institution. It's a lot of work. Yep. And people will argue with me and they'll say, well, Trump will, you know, he could because he's been doing it. I'm like, no company, Fortune 500 company, is going to hire a billionaire. It's going to outside hire. A billionaire to come run their company. There's a wide variety of reasons why. Because they're not inherently motivated. Because they've already made their wealth. There's a wide variety of reasons. You hire in most executives that reach that that level are typically hired in their 40s and 50s because they have long fucking powerful intellectual legs and capacity with motivational drive in order to achieve goals and outcomes. So they're qualified. They're qualified. My condemnation of this entire system is that this two-party system that's directly manipulated by the, the corporate oligarchs on both sides People have bought into this and said, we have a choice. Look at this. Like, you don't have a choice, man. Because if you only have two applicants for a job and you're really looking at two applicants and, oh, by the way, the only applicants that, you know, you can't go outside and hire, you can't go outside and do more interviews, you can't do any of this. We had two applicants for this job. One person that's been in politics longer than I've been alive. Like he was old enough to be a senator during Vietnam. Yeah, old enough to be a senator a during senator. Vietnam. That to whomever needs to hear this, that guy's not a good person. I was reading one of my comments. I'd posted a, 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 the video about Biden and he was directly lying about his educational background Saw and he, that. multiple times on video. He's, he's a proven and habitual liar, right? And so is Trump, <clears throat> right? Let's be fair. So is Trump. Okay. I think Biden being in office longer than I've been alive scares me more than a person that 
is not a creature of the swamp for a combination of reasons. Biden doesn't have any values. He does not believe in anything. He is completely owned and operated by the people that contribute money to his campaign. The guy is in, incompetent and incompetent at best intellectually. He has almost zero mental capability. He has zero ability to play 3D chess with international strategic players. Somebody commented where I was headed with this. Somebody commented, it was like, yes, but who would you trust with your you know, wife, kids, and house? I'm like, I'm not hiring for that, dum-dum. Well, and like, let, let's, not, let's not confuse anybody out there that's you know, starting to tinfoil hat up. This isn't an if and or type of scenario. This isn't you saying X, Y, and Z, Biden, meaning, whoa, yeah, for sure, Trump, he's awesome on all these accounts. No, because they're both a mess. They're both a mess. And there are things I really love about Trump. There are. Like, I love... The amount of troops he's brought home? Yes, like he's the only president in modern history that in my lifetime that hasn't started a fucking war. And we've so spent it, the bulk of our adult lives in service of Fucking overseas. liberals, man. And that's the thing that pisses me off about him. It's like, let's go get a warmonger that's bought and owned yeah. by his corporate military industrial complex masters. Let's go get that guy and put him back in power so we can spend more money in Syria, Libya, Iraq. Like this guy is yeah. a fucking, this guy for whatever people think, a whether shill. you're Democrat, he is a shill. And whether you hate Trump or you love him, I will say this. He didn't start any new wars. And you he know didn't what? He didn't do it. Sure as shit, he had the opportunity. Sure as shit. We could have started a war with... What? We thought we were going to go to war with Iran and that was not the administration flexing about that. That was the mainstream media that was saying, mainstream. we're going to war. We're going to war. You know why? Because they've been educated that that's the plan. Oh, somebody pokes us. We're going to go destroy their country because it's been going on for decades. For decades and it's... People want more of this. And I guess that's what depresses me more about all this. Here's a guy that's been in power for 47 years. The modern, the modern era politician, professional swamp creature politician that has quite literally wasted more of our taxpayer dollars, blood and treasure. He is directly yeah. responsible for wasting more blood and treasure than probably any other single human. In, in running for office, everybody else didn't have the opportunity. They weren't in Senate that long. They, sure, you could say, you know, the presidents had just as much power. No, this guy was a senator and a vice president for his entire adult life. He is directly responsible for more fraud, waste, abuse, and abuse of power than any other modern politician that has run. You know, Obama it, was what? A one or two times yeah. senator yeah, yeah. before he ran? Well, he was an attorney too. Yeah, he was right. an attorney. Like Bush was the governor of fucking Texas, like HW back in the day. Like He was a pilot. Clinton at least was a governor yeah. of Arkansas. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, 
Excuse me. I'm saying they chose the fucking single most incompetent. Biden had been in politics for 20 something years by the time Clinton was president. Yes. Like pulling news clips of this guy. Pulling news clips of this guy. They were in black and white. Like this motherfucker was in office when we didn't have color television. No, he cheered for all white baseball. It's crazy, man. Like, so at some point without like getting too far down the negative rabbit hole on this, I think not. Well, I mean, I will. I think there's no problem doing that because like it, what bothers me is it's, it's things like, um, what is the, um, like the assault weapons ban in the nineties and, um, the prison, like Biden has third order effect, right? Fucked more people's lives. Yeah. Than most other politicians have in the last 40 years, period. Period. Just third order effect. Yes. I, and I, I guess like, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, so regardless, you don't like Trump, right? Because he he tweets mean things and he's erratic and, you know, bad orange man, right? Fine. Okay, that's great. Okay, but Trump didn't authorize drone strikes of American citizens overseas. He didn't oversee one of the largest transference of wealth from the taxpayers to Wall Street ever. ever. Nor did he start and commit blood and treasure to third world and developing countries in the Middle East for endless wars. He didn't do any of those things. Almost a decade as a vice president. Almost a decade. And then to be a shill for corporate credit card companies, you know, he's, he's operations. He's highest bidder. The other piece to this is so his 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 son. Oh. So regardless of whether or not what his son was doing was illegal, if his dad believes that it was ethical, we still have a big fucking problem. A big fucking problem. Once again, I'm not comparing directly. I'm saying this is the best we have, America. Like, this is the best you got. You got a guy that's been in office in, in all, to all the Democrats out there. Like, all we wanted was to defeat Trump. Okay, but at what cost? Well, Because you guys didn't fucking promote anybody of substance. Ever. Ever. So you ostracize people like Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. which was, you know, get, get out, right? Peace out. You, you had that fucking... That 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 borderline mentally handicapped idiot Beto from Texas saying, "Oh, he got close in Texas." You know, getting close You've in t- a gunfight to winning is dead. Is you know how l- fucking losing is losing, right? And losing means you've you've lost. Well, and and they've they've made they being the left, and I don't just mean Democrats. I mean people that align themselves with far further, sure. more left, whatever the hell. That side of the coin has also ostracized and turned the the hate mirror on anybody that wants to vote anything but <clears throat> Democrat. And I mean anything. You vote for Jorgensen, that's a vote for Trump. You vote for Kanye, it's a vote for Trump. That's not yeah. how it works. It's not how it works. This, this is how we get an oligarchy. This I, is how it happens by people being told you have to have this choice. I mean, do you want Putin? Is that really what you want? I think that's what they want. I, I look at it like I look at politics and I look at two halves or right? Democrat and Republican. I look at them like this. Like when you 
you up here, you have basically less control and, mm-hmm. and almost anarchy, right? And then you can start to outline the control aspects on each side to see how more controls come into place. And that could be through, you know, collective uh, uh, transportation rules mm-hmm. and regulations and things like this, right? That, that we've all agreed on, like... Yeah, monopoly, monopoly breakdowns, like... We all want roads. We all want, you know... Electricity. Electricity, shit like that. So, like, yeah. hey... So there has to be some form of regulatory activity that governs what we do. Like we also don't want to be shot walking down the street and have my things taken from me. I think that should be illegal. For if instance, my house lights right? on fire, I'd like somebody to show up and help me. That'd be cool. It'd right? be cool. I like those things. Oh, that's pretty rad. I like that. Like I like to be able to flush my toilet. I like clean water in it. I like you know power. I like all that shit. That's like great. I do. I like it. So. Excuse me. Um, But then once you start getting down into the extreme portions of each one of these parties, that's when you start to see people that want to control other people. So that's where you get into the hardcore progressives that are like, I want to control your speech. You can only read what I want to read. And then you get into the right. It's the same shit. I mean, shit, man. It, 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 It ends up... The point that you would get to is... I was watching Bourdain on... Parts unknown, right? right? And he's down in South America. Um, and you know what? With the Contras, when that shit was going on, he talked to some people that grew up there and he's like, how bad was it? And they go, oh, it was so bad that you couldn't kill your own cow that you owned. Right. Why? Oh, because the government rationed it. Yeah. If you had a crop of plants, you couldn't sell them. What yeah. if you met the quota? No, 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 no. Surplus goes to the government. Right. That's what, that's what is going to happen. And I don't mean that here will happen exactly. What I'm saying is that sort of control mechanism is what can happen with enough erosion to the, I just want to be lazy. Well, there was, uh, right after Mao took took responsibility for China, right? Right Mm -hmm. after the revolution, there was a... um, there was rampant starvation in China with surplus of rice stores. And what was happening was they were storing rice. They weren't distributing in any, any way that made sense. So they had people, farmers that were growing rice to be stored in uh, the great surplus that ultimately spoiled while people starved to death. And I like to think of this as the perfect example of how incompetent, grossly incompetent the government is. A company, for instance, would go bankrupt. Yeah, they go they, under. They, they would go under. So when people say capitalism itself is inherently bad, I would say, well, okay, so outline to me exactly the exploitive mechanisms to capitalism, which I would agree slave labor is one of those things that ultimately uh, it, it, there were sections of, of our international capitalist system that directly benefited from slave labor that ultimately has been phased out based on an evolution of ethics and mentality. But, I mean, even most of that was based around religious oligarchies or royal families. Correct. They're the ones that truly benefited and then they just happened to pass on the benefits to the capitalistic environments that then inherited the area. Yeah, they were kingdoms, 
right? You know, so, so all y'all that still have kings. Yeah, yeah. So so directly benefiting a, a small percentage of of your society through ultimately exploitation. So when I look at the 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 Chinese famine and I look at the government-run institutions inherently are rife with with waste because they don't have to produce a profit in order to succeed. So as long as people understand that when they pay into a system, they have to also know that there's going to be a significant amount of waste that comes with that system because there's not they're they're not turning a profit. So the fire department, for instance, I don't think there's a lot of waste within most of our fire departments within the United States. I don't think there is, uh, because compared to the amount of waste, we'll call it into a federal system, because fire departments are inherently local and yep. it's localized funding. <clears throat> It's tighter to the individual, so they have more oversight and insight. They understand it more. When you incorporate something into a large federal system, it's a wash in an ocean of ambiguity and ultimately bureaucracy, right? And like we talked about with Greg, it's like the difference between a police department and a sheriff's right department, precinct, whatever it is, right? You know, you're dealing with a slightly closer held little bit more knowledge about them, somebody you might actually know, maybe they give a shit. But I don't... Some of the things, I guess, my Democrat Party friends or to my Republican friends that that think um, we need more government, because honestly, it goes directly contrary to what I believe. Um, It goes directly contrary to what I believe, like in in all forms and fashions. Yes. I think there needs to be more local uh, responsibility in our government. Yeah. I think there needs to be more. Or, because, because at the end of the day, what we should really, really think about is how insignificant can we make the president of the United States? Because ultimately, if we all think they're kind of boobs, we shouldn't be giving them or looking for more opportunities to create, more power give them, them more power. So, for instance, in the COVID uh, circumstance, I heard a lot of condemnation from the executive office. They didn't do enough. There should have been national this. There should have been... Well, that goes directly against your local communities having control over what happens Mm -hmm. in your community. So, if you live in uh, North Dakota, in a town that has 500 people in it, and you live on, you know, two person per seven acres... Should they have to, every time they leave their house, wear a mask under threat of being arrested? I don't truly believe so. I think that the local community has to establish the protocols that ultimately work for them. So now the national asset can look at like, how do we distribute a vaccine? How do we look at, you know, doing the research and what it takes for that? aid? Aid our communities. I don't have a obviously an answer. I just think that it's scary for me to think into the future. And I wonder why people continue to ask the federal government to take more freedoms from them, to take more responsibility, more control. 
And I think ultimately, that's not what they're asking, but they're so incompetent based on a system of indoctrination that they have no ability to um, think about things in a coherent and complex, maybe more three-dimensional way. It's a pass-the-buck scenario. Like, I don't want to be responsible. It's kind of funny. It's almost ironic how many people were saying, you know, you should be looking out for your neighbor and you should care about everybody in your community. But what they really want is somebody else to be doing that for them. Mm-hmm. Everybody just wants to get insulated for some reason. And that's lazy. There's so much emotional and intellectual laziness going on. Right? Like, you should be able to have discussions with your neighbors and figure out, hey, maybe it'd be smarter if we all put our trash cans on over here. Or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we want to like, a, everybody want to have a community garden? Let's do that. If we all pay into it, we can have all the veggies we need. Whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what people want. What they want is somebody else that they never have to meet to come to that person's door and tell them what they have to do so that you don't have to tell them what you think they might have to do. So you don't have to have a dis- discussion with somebody that happens to disagree with you. Maybe. Maybe. I Kind of going back to my original point with the education system. Yeah. So let me get this straight. There's a section of our population that wants you and I to forfeit our money mm-hmm. so more people can go to a college to get degrees that literally mean nothing. Yes. So what, what you guys want from us, what I say you guys, all the people that believe in this fucking cartoon physics bullshit, land. this fucking cartoon physics bullshit is... You want the ability for us to underwrite your loan for $100,000 so you can go get a social science degree and how to think more clearly or, fuck it, political science. We'll, 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 we'll call it political science for the, for the conversation. So you want me to underwrite your $100,000 personal education, choice. personal choice to study something that is ultimately worthless Mm -hmm. because what they should hand you with your political science degree is also a paper hat and a name tag that says, do you want fries with that? That's what they should fucking hand you. That's fully possible. And, and you know, a friend of mine that I, uh, I found this out about her a couple days ago. So, Mm -hmm. I thought this was super cool and it goes right along with this. You know what? She has a business degree and she worked at the fucking college. Didn't take a student student loan out at all. Right. So when people are like, that's not possible. That's something our grandparents did. Right. Surprise, surprise. She's in her thirties. So go fuck yourself. Like there's so many people that could go to JC's and state run schools. And I'm talking your state. Right. Not Michigan State and you live in Utah. Right. Just because it has like a fancy name on it. I don't give a shit, right? Because your bachelor's degree, I don't care who you are out there. Anybody with a bachelor's degree knows it probably doesn't mean shit. And what I mean is any of them. What they all mean, and I think what Elon Musk was 
had took a huge amount of deridement from this when he said, no, college is just like, it's a test to see if you can sit still and like yeah. follow instructions. That's what it is. That's all, that's all your bachelor's degree is. You have a PhD? All right. You know what? You had to do a dissertation. There's all sorts of other shit that goes on with you to work with other sure. people. Bachelor's degree? Uh-uh. Just, if that's what, if that's your path that you've chosen, that's your path that you are responsible to pay for. Right. So you should pay for it or figure out a way to get it paid for that is not somebody else's responsibility. Well, at the end of the day, that's the beauty of having uh, less federal government involvement, Mm -hmm. which is if your town, you know, for instance, would be, right? So Salt Lake City is where we're at. So if Salt Lake City said, collectively, what we're going to do is if you live in this city and you've paid taxes in this city for X amount of years... We will subsidize your college education yeah, in a university free. in Salt Lake City. Yeah. If you hey, are a, yeah, if you're from here. And then if your state decides to do that, that's great. If your state decides to do that, that means I can move, I can go from Utah to Colorado if Colorado says, and if you want to increase my taxes by three or five percent in order to do that, yeah. I can escape your ideology and not fucking live here. But if we do it federally... Here's a for instance. Okay. UCLA. Okay. Out-of-state tuition per year. Yep. Just tuition. Take a guess. Annually or quarterly or Annual. semester? Annually, uh, 50 grand. Very close. 43. Okay. In-state. 18. 13. Yeah. All right. So let's do some like really simple math. Okay. So... For about the price of one year mm-hmm. as an out-of-state, you could almost get your bachelor's degree. And actually, if you buckle down, you yeah, could. You could. Holy shit, people. Like, that's how that works right there. Yeah. And that's California. That's so, a place that's, that is, you know, upside down and sideways on some other shit. Mm-hmm. But that shows you the difference in the in-state, out-of-state type of thing. That, that blows, it literally blows my mind. And then if you do the math again on... You know, let's say, what's it take to get a degree in welding? How much does that cost? Let's find out. Let's find out. Or your certificate or whatever it might be. I'm not exactly sure what it would be called. But how long does it take? Um, In 2018, the national average tuition for a welding certificate program was $5,000. Great. So even better. So check this out. Here's another one. Program cost $6,200. Okay. Welding master certificate. Great. God, you can make more than how that much, in how a much, weekend. What's the average, <laughs> hey, what, what's the average hourly rate of a welder? What's an average hourly weight of a welder? Balls? I guarantee that it's 25 or more. It's... Uh, more than th- the national average is $30 an hour. $30 an hour for a six, we'll call it $10,000 degree, right? $30 an hour. So $4,800 uh, a month on a 40 hour week. How many? $4,800. $4,800 bucks One month a of month. Work. One month of work. So you have a $60,000 annual job 
on a $10,000, sub $10,000 degree. So let me get this straight. You, as, as all these, all these, what I would say, incompetent, intellectually invalid people. Drones. Drones want me to do is underwrite your loan for six figures so you can go get an English degree that qualifies you to be a Walmart greeter, by the way. Or it qualifies or, you to go to master's, to get a master's program where you have to get that paid for too. Yeah. Or, yeah, be, exactly. It's a six-figure journey. It, and and it still, it doesn't give you any nope. job progression to go earn a wage. And look, or neither can, one of us are saying that that is a lesser person or a shitty choice, but it's not my responsibility. If you, That's what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. It's not my responsibility. I don't have to pay for you being a dummy. Yeah. I, and, and if you want to go do that and you're into, your family's that's independently fun. wealthy and that's what they want to pay for, that's great. Or if you want to go do that and you want to take out 6% Or do like loan, I said, go in state. Go in Look state. Look at the price difference. Or if you want to go take out a 6% loan yeah. to go pursue your passion mm-hmm. in Venetian glass blowing for fucking 20 years. Get it. That's awesome. Go get it on, man. But you're entitled the, to that. You're, you're, because you are. it's America. It's, it's, it's beautiful. But what you guys, what, what, what this entire class of college educated people, and really what it is, is, and this, these are the majority of Biden voters, by the way, mm-hmm. college educated white suburban voters that have bullshit degrees, by the way, they are tired of paying their loans. They went and they got worthless pieces of paper. They want the rest of us to go and underwrite and essentially eliminate their college debt. It's not my problem. You went to Syracuse University and got your Venetian glass blowing history fucking degree. And now you're tired of paying your loans at 40 years old because what you realized was you were too stupid and too lazy to get a degree in something that actually would pay your bills. And now the welders, by the way, that are 40 years old and the plumbers and the electricians and everybody else that didn't go on to a finishing school in academia, they're making more money. Yeah. And I think what this is, is this is a land grab. The average salary, average, right? So this is, there's a shit ton of journeymen included in this number. Please is over 55 a year for a welder. Correct. What about an electrician? Oh, yeah. Let's find that. Yeah. You're... We're getting there. We're getting there. But between 26 and 30 bucks an hour. Between 26 and 30 bucks an hour. Which makes you like between 50 and 75K a year. Yes. You're as an electrician... Where you have a trade, a trade, a trade, right? Yeah. And you went to school for probably not very long. And here's what people don't quite, I think, see is often because they're not shown this, right? Because they're fed this bill of sale, like you, you're going to go get this education, do this thing, and then you're going to have a degree, and then you're going to have another degree, and then after that, you'll have this other degree, and then you can go start working. When and you're then 20, you're really when you're, smart when you're 29, because, because right? that because that means you're really really smart. But by that the way. welder could also be an electrician. Yeah. Like a master yeah, electrician yeah, yeah, yeah. for 10 grand. Yeah. Between the two, you know, whatever. We're throwing right. some numbers out there that we've sure. seen that are averages. 
And they're probably starting work when they're, you know, um, 20. Yeah. 20. Right. So for 10 years, they're accruing 50 to 70 grand a year with no student loan debts to pay off. All right. So that person's made 400 grand by the time they're 40. At, yeah, at, easily. At a, easily. At a, I'm not trying to work extra rate. Right. But, and, and you've spent that much of money you don't own. Right. And now, and now you're aggravated about being in a hole in a 10 foot hole with a four foot ladder. Well, I, I think I saw it. I did. I saw it because when I left, uh, when I left university, I was like, oh, I'm a really smart guy. Right. And then when I went to, uh, Fort Bragg, went to the special forces qualification course, it, it took me a minute to quite unpack it because it was like, but a lot of these guys are just smarter than I am, right? They're just smarter. They just actually they they have they just have a higher IQ. They the could learn language the, the faster. They just are. They could learn you know Morris code faster. Mm-hmm. They could do things that were just faster. They they just they were they had a higher IQ, right? So I I think my my entire adult life I've been rewriting that propaganda where some of the most incompetent thinkers I've been around, period. Uh, they have, you know, master's degrees, MBAs or PhDs. PhDs. Like, and because they, they have, they, they've, they've proven themselves a success within a system. Mm-hmm. To your point with the Elon, the Elon Musk statement. But I've had these really elaborate conversations with people. And granted, Elon's like an autodidact, right? Like sure. He's fantastic at a lot of skills. Right. But showing that he isn't academically washed to be a line follower. When you listen to guys that have worked in his system, they say, oh no, Elon's a genius, but he knows when somebody is better at a skill or more educated on the thing. So he hires them instead. Yeah. That's a smart person. That's a smart person. Right? So what we're dealing with right now is to loop all the way back, we're being told the only people that can be politicians are politicians. Right. Okay, that's, that's crazy. That's completely nuts. You know who we want running this country? Somebody who's just been like doing the thing, whatever that means. All right, I'm done thinking. I, I, I think politics is it's one of those things where they understand the, the inherent complexities of the system itself, the political system. Right? I get it. I understand that, which, but it doesn't take forty-seven years. No, no, we all, we sure. all know that. We 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 all know that because if know, somebody and, and can, if it does, then the system's broken. Yeah, well, because if, we can't we can't continue to do it. If the, somebody can become a CPA in the course of a college education, mm-hmm. we have the densest tax code on the planet. If you can become a CPA in four years. Should be able to figure out the government in four years. You would think. Yeah. Well, so what they're really saying is that they just they haven't figured out how best to grease the wheels on K Street. That's what it is. That's what takes a long time. That's what takes a long time is building your network, you know, understanding who the right lobbyists are, understanding yeah. what, what type of group you need to belong to. It's K Street that criminal. system. Yeah, it's it's K Street. You're exactly right. So the criminality of Washington is it's a cartel. 
So yeah. when we look at what's happened out there and the entire system itself is, and this is what I will absolutely a thousand percent thank Trump for. He exposed in true clarity how corrupt the entire, when we say deep state is, and the deep state is Washington in itself. Nobody can go in there. An outsider that wants to work outside of the system will not succeed. They will bury them in fake investigations, in fucking accusations, with you know Russian collusion. They'll they'll they will, they will, they will work Salem, the system. They will Salem witch trial the shit out of them. Yes, and then the media will fall in line because it's ultimately owned by the system as well. Yeah. So whether it's Fox or CNN or any of these, they're going to toe the party line. They have party talking points, and they will fall in line. They will gaslight and spin up each one of the sides so nobody can fit a word in edgewise. The only way you can get halfway decent information is by getting on YouTube and and listening to... Isn't that pathetic? It's pathetic. And then, oh, by the way, our tech oligarchs are also controlling the narrative on YouTube and Twitter. So now you can't even go outside of mainstream media to elicit information that might benefit you in your decision-making because you're thinking for yourself. And like and we can't have you doing that. And like I'm relieving, something that I've seen is uh, <laughs> nobody's ever turned around and said, well, that's not true about anything that's come from Assange and WikiLeaks. Uh, gosh, don't even get me started on that shit. Holy shit, right? Like, and like, that's the mainstream media just having a terror, like a panic attack. Like, like oh my God, there's something we can't control. Like Obama, yeah. I mean, Obama and Clinton and every one of these guys, people, a, they're like, they're going after Julian Assange. Like they can't... Snowden. Snowden and Assange and all these people. If you have information that is critical <clears throat> of the deep state, meaning the government, all of them, all of them, the whole chain. They, they are. They have been proven. What they were doing was illegal. Yeah. Snowden exposed illegal activity from our government. The DNI. The guy the that literally didn't want to do. He is a felon. He yeah. directly lied. Look, under oath, he lied. These he people said, had so many felonies. We aren't doing it. And guess what? The statute of limitations ran out. He never went to jail. What a schmuck. The, the amount of corruption from the internal institution, because nobody's ever held accountable for these things. You know, we, we, we can go all the way back to Clinton and all the way back to... I mean, God, man, go all the way back to... The last time that somebody was actually legitimately held accountable, and even then they really didn't get screwed too bad, was Nixon. Yeah. He, he, he left office. He was not sent to jail. They didn't oust him from the presidency. He left yes. office. That was probably the last time a politician really took it in the chin. We, and I'm talking like really took it in the chin. And I have a whole other theory on that, which is that was a hit job. Like, I don't think, I don't think Nixon actually orchestrated that. I think the, uh, well, no, cause he was doing too good overseas with China and he's too good of a negotiator, but you know, I, 
I think he, he was sack. he was he was he was taken out was, for a combination of reasons. And because that thing's sewn up too tight, right? When we look it's at the perfect. it's too perfect. They were, you know, when we look at Watergate, you've got a bunch of guys from inside Nixon's, you know, party mm-hmm. that were also CIA guys, CIA and FBI guys that were rolled up, just so happened to be rolled up. And yes, they were rolled up at the Watergate hotel. Like, so you're a CIA guy, right? You're a professional at doing this. You're a professional sneak sneak. Yeah. And you're going to make <laughs> that so error? many overt errors. And not only that, but not only be able to like back in the, in the, in the, in the sixties and seventies, they're not like the CIA guys that are today. Like the CIA guys, the CIA people today, like they're a far cry from where no, they no, no, were no. back in the seventies. Look, in the far 60s, cry. look, they fucking invaded Cuba. For God's like kind of a different country. No, they tried. They, they tried. tried. But what I'm saying is they put boots on the ground. They did. But I think that don't happen no more. When you look at all the parallel lines of of Nixon and Watergate, it's it's all kind of tied together with a lot of the same yeah. characters that were also circling around the Kennedy assassination. And then right? you, they were all kind of like And that was really the last time that some outsider-ish people or people that were tough to control, like the Kennedys, tough to control because they were independently wealthy, you know, guys that were like semi-war heroes, whatever you want to put them, right? They didn't quite toe the party line that I think they thought they would. And now, as it's been going, I mean, we're not talking about an old nation here. It's 220, sure. two, you know, yeah. of actual being ruled. Right. Because you can toss out Washington in mm-hmm. the first few because they were still figuring shit out. Right. We, yeah, let's, we, let's we, just round up to... 220 years. We'll call it, yeah. 1800. Yeah. That's a super good number. I think it's a good number because yeah, it, it kind of like washes out a lot of the war and everything else. So 220 and they finally sussed out how to breed as well as manufacture politicians that will do exactly as they need to do to grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take that long. It took what, 125 years? Give it till Vietnam when they're like, yeah. ah, we got to like calm this shit down. All right, now now we got this like war machine but, running. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you think about just Vietnam in general, right? And you think about the fraud, waste, and abuse and the military industrial complex, the use of the military and the blood and treasure that was squandered in Southeast yeah. Asia until, until people were completely over it. They're like, fuck you. We're done. We're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> and that, you talk about a, a, a group of people that said, we're done. You're not going to conscript us to go over to your war with no end state because that's the other issue. It's endless war, right? Yeah. So how do you not have your success criteria when you invade a country with tens of thousands of people and you're losing? I can't imagine this 1968, right? In, in, in America at that time, thinking about, you know, the, 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 the body bags and the people you know, being flown home, you know, the air transport of just... And what a nightmare. Like... It's a fucking nightmare. Everybody going overseas, their parents were in World War II. Yes. And there's... And you're, and you're, and you're conscripted to do so. Yeah. 
So if you're ethically opposed to the war, there's nothing you could do about it other than maybe go to fucking Canada and say that you're a coward. Whereas I, I know, you know, I know myself well enough. I wouldn't have been ethically opposed to the war 18 years old. There's just no way I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's go get it on. Right. As an older man, I would have been As like, we both did. Yeah. I would have been like, fuck let's yeah. Go. Dude, what? I'm going to go look and roll some dudes up in the jungle. Like, as an older man, I would have been, as I am now, like I am directly opposed to large scale wars of occupation. I am directly opposed to sending 18 year old, non fully brain developed kids into war zones to go get fucking blown up by IEDs. I'm directly opposed to those things. Now, if me and my commando buddies want to go fuck some terrorists up in Central Asia or the Middle East or at 20 you know, plus Africa, years old or Africa. As they just did. Yeah. Like, hey man, we need those guys. We need those people out doing those things. They want that job. They're good at that job. That's why they do that job. Yeah, but... Don't roll the 18 year old uh, semi conscripted kid. You know, when I say that, it is a volunteer force, but 18 year olds don't have a, a, a competent thought in their head enough to understand what they're doing is they're going to load up with some body armor, they're going to get into a back of an end wrap, they're going to drive around and they're going to get, you know, blown up multiple times. And there's a reason that the socioeconomic group that ends up being in the military is what it is. Yes. Because they're sold a line of crap by a lot of people well, what, for, what I've, for a system that is profiting off of it. What, I've told, what I've told people is they're, they're harvesting the poor in America is what yeah. they're doing because... It's easy. It's easy. And it sounds really fucked up when I say it, but we saw it over and over and over again. It's not a system that functions coherently, nor is it ethical. No. 18-year-old kids that have three to four months of training and basic training in AIT should never be sent to a war of choice. And when I say this... A war of choice is one that doesn't jeopardize your national sovereignty. If yeah. Iraq had no means in order to overthrow the United States or United States international interests. Iraq, Syria, Libya. They can't do it. It's a war of choice. <clears throat> and I've had this argument with lots of my, lots of my friends where I'm like, these are wars of choice. They're I mean, not wars of sovereignty. At least in Afghanistan... The Taliban and AQ were using it as a staging ground. Yeah. To hurt the United States. And, and at that point, that's why we went commando there. and, and it specialized worked. intelligence intervention works. Functions. It did function. We knew, and this is the other point to this, which is with Humit, we had decades of involvement in Afghanistan. We knew. Yeah. Uh, we had a we, lifetime of involvement. OBL or Osama bin Laden, UBL, OBL, however you want to uh, reference him. But we knew of him. We directly contributed to guerrilla 
operations in Afghanistan while Soviet involvement and post-Soviet involvement. We We knew of the militization through Pakistani intelligence services. We knew all this shit. By the way, guys, like just so everybody knows, like we knew where he was, what he was doing, and we had lots of people that and told us exactly mean, what he was going to do. And yeah. what we did is we sat on our hands, watched it happen, and we watched it happen in 20 plus years now, 20 now. Mm-hmm. Involvement in Afghanistan is because of a lack of special operations and intelligence intervention in a country that ultimately had zero ability to negatively harm America in any capacity. So when I say this, I am a huge proponent of special operations, small combined special op international combined special operations intervention of what we did from November of 01 to the end of 2002. Correct. It worked. It worked well. What doesn't work well? The current <laughs> it's occupation. A f- what, what? Let's just say it. What? What it really is? A war of occupation in a country that has no means in order to jeopardize your sovereignty is a war that is built to move taxpayer dollars from the taxpayer to the corporate interests that are ultimately represented in the beltway that are ultimately also paying for every politician to say these words. And that's what people are looking at getting elected again. Yes. Right. The the, the politicians crying out for the the politicians are really good at saying things like saying things like this, you know, you God bless our troops. They're doing an amazing job. We need more national security. It's like, you know what the best national security is? Not sending another fucking battalion or mule or whatever it is to a developing place. country that has 30 people with AKs that ultimately could never mount a fishing boat to take over a shipping vessel to go fight a war. And, and and really, I'm not trying to be such a pessimist. I'm just saying. But it's not pessimistic to look at the situation that we are, that we've been in, that both of us were involved in to different degrees and see the waste, see that it's been going on for so long and see that mm. all of these guys are literally either second order or on purpose lining their pockets. That's what they're doing. In order to continue lining their pockets, Mm -hmm. they have to do what their lobbying parties, lobbying friends want them to do and pork barrel spend or just directly spend Mm -hmm. for the benefit of the military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And anybody out there that is voting for a bigger government, there's going to be more of that. More. Not only more. more, but exponentially more. More. Yes. You think Republicans or the right or libertarians or conservatives, whatever, are hawkish? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. What they aren't is trying to make a larger infrastructure in order to spend more of your money. 
Well, and I think that's the differentiation, which is a lot of conservatives like we need more national defense. I think they just don't understand. I don't think they understand. What I that don't means. think they understand what that means. But we don't we, need more. We have it. We we it's got here. it. It's it's all good. Like, we have the what, biggest stick. We have like by a long shot. Yeah, like, by a long shot. Yeah, we need a robust, complex intelligence apparatus. And that's it. That is focused outwards. That is with that has very technical and tactical capabilities that can, can do very precise precision strikes that protects American interests abroad. That's what we need. So when a guy like Osama bin Laden develops again, like there's, there's a laser guided missile that ultimately comes out of the fucking sky, puts a big crater in the ground. And then, oh, by the way, there isn't planes hitting buildings a few years later. That's what needs to happen. But the scary part is that that's not what's gonna, that's not what everybody's crying out for. And we can see the result of that with specifically Bin Laden, right? So he was being watched in Africa. Yes. 30 years ago? 40. About? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys watching him asked to kill him. Yes. They, They made a request. They were denied. And tinfoil hat or not, there's a reason, right? Oh, he's not a big enough. So we need to just keep watching. Keep like, watching him. What the? Why? Mm-hmm. Those are guys that are professionals. Some of them had been in special operations for thirty years. At that point, they knew what a bad direction we were looking at. And some of those guys ended up on the ground. You know, one in Afghanistan hunting the same person they were hunting thirty years ago. Yeah, and then some of those That's guys, insane. like oh, I mean, shit. I have friends that, that I know for a fact that are still deploying today. Bonkers. And they've been deploying, I mean, shit, one of my buddies, man, he was in Somalia in 93. He's still, he's still deploying. Like, and that was, uh, you know, these guys are getting into their fifties now and they're still doing a lot of really tough, hard work. And a lot of these guys are absolute animals. I mean, they, they, they are fucking they they are American heroes in my mind. They they really are because the clandestine war is where a lot of this stuff. Done. Yeah, a lot of this war is is being fought. And the unfortunate reality is is when you have the eighteen year old kids in the MRAPs, that's not actually where the war is being fought. That's no, the that, fodder that is the, maintaining the complex, correct. right? So the tanks being bought, the MRAPs being bought. Are maintaining what's going on on from K Street and from Wall Street, mm-hmm. and you know, screw you guys. Like that's well. I I mean, just look at it. Just look at it. Like Dick Cheney never served a day in the military. He didn't know anything about no. war. He had no idea or comprehension you know, about it. Right? People bitching and moaning about McCain being anti-war. You think there's a reason he was? I don't know. Maybe it could have been his time in the fucking hotel and maybe Hanoi. it's because he couldn't sure. lift his arms up. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, there is something to be said, and it's a substantive argument about having politicians that have not only military but war experience because they're more apprehensive about sending troops into harm's way. Whereas when you look at uh <clears throat> Rumsfeld, Cheney, Bush Jr., all these guys, not one of them had seen fucking war. They hadn't even smelled gunpowder from a fucking war in their life. 
And so all these guys are chomping at the bit to use the big, bad American war machine, right? Yeah. Every one of them. Not one of them understood the actual realities, the blocking and tackling. You know what they understood? They understood that it was going to be good for their political yeah. power. It's gonna make, this is going to make me look tough. And like it or not, every conservative out there that's listening to this, the largest consolidation of power of executive authority has happened from 2001 until today. So yeah. the largest, let me say this again, the largest consolidation of power for executive authority in our government happened post 9-11 to today. The government has more power, more control into people's lives than it ever has in America. And the executive office, the president has more power than they ever have. And that happened over two administrations, by the way, yep. Bush and Obama. So that tells me they have this single, they maniacally this, focused, yep. they, they are the same focused. Goal. Same goal. Same goal. More power. More power, consolidation yep. of power, consolidation <laughs> of federal power. In my mind, that's what the, the citizens of the United States, what we have to do is we have to be, we have to be mindful stewards. Yeah. Of our freedom. Yeah. And send other people that represent us to Washington that say, I the best interest of the people is to represent their freedom. And oh, by the way, we buck the system. Like the 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 anomaly in Washington becomes the person that says, We want more of your freedom. That becomes the anomaly. What do I know? I'm just a fucking coffee roaster, Trevor. Yeah. Dude. Well, thanks, man. I am like, I am so freaking late for <laughs> my next appointment. But thanks, hey, everybody. It's fun every time. It is, right? Thanks, everybody, for watching Free Range American. Trevor, thank, thank you, man. You. Appreciate yeah, man. it.